2: The Mark Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Uh, There's a lot going on right now, and it doesn't seem like there was a whole lot of attention being paid to this move that we've made when it comes to Ukraine. Talking about Biden ordering 3,000 U.S. military, selected reserve, and certain members of the individual ready reserve of the armed forces to active duty.
3: Mm-hmm. Deploying them to Eastern Europe. Okay, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's that's getting ready for something else to happen down the road. But, I mean, this the, the Ukraine conflict has really been following the path that many people expected it to, where eventually it does wind up with American soldiers fighting in Ukraine. And this is just one more step towards that.
2: So, you know, some people are saying, well, it's kind of saying to Russia, see, we're not going to back down. We're going to be there for Ukraine. Have you noticed we've had some problems with our military as far as recruiting? What? It's well documented. The numbers are down. Yeah. Okay. And so now you're taking veterans, people who used to serve in the military but no longer do. They're saying, okay, we need you now. We need you to go over to Eastern Europe. That's when it's an emergency situation. Well, that's that's with the
4: part. our country. I mean,
5: for what? For what? Don't aren't we at least in America?
3: We are owed some sort of explanation as to what the hell is going on. You would think, especially because the company line is, "Hey, all we're doing is providing weaponry and much-needed uh, uh, money to Ukraine, so they can rebuild their roads and bridges and whatnot." That's all we're doing. We're not taking an active part really in the war, even though we are. Yeah. I just haven't seen a lot of people
2: making a big deal about the individual ready reserve troops all of a sudden have to be ready for deployment. Again, as far as I understand, that's meant for wartime when the nation needs troops to defend itself.
5: Yeah, it's it's the panic button. It's the emergency button you push. Yes.
2: Okay. All right. Well, nothing to see here. No. Did you know there's an actor strike? What about your favorite shows? <laughs> yeah. That's where Good Morning America's at. That's where oh, the yeah. Today show is. Oh my goodness. I mean, I saw Fred Drescher whining on TV today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That like the owners of a business not treating its employees the way they'd like. Right. Well, welcome to uh the world. That happens all the time. Yeah. That's really something. But that's the big attention that's going on right now. Um There's a little controversy we hit yesterday with climate envoy John
3: Kerry Mm -hmm. and his hypocrisy. And There's an update on this? Yeah, well, to set the stage, we can revisit what he initially said yesterday. Climate envoy John Kerry got really mad that someone would bring up him traveling by private jet while telling Americans, hey, you don't really need that car. Yes, because, again,
2: to go over this, um, his family owns a private jet. That
5: weasel, I'm telling you, man, that was the most weaselly answer. Isn't that the deal? Yeah. Yeah, of course they do.
2: Okay, but him personally, wait a second, you know, not so much. I think you have my uh, volume down, Scott. Okay, go.
6: One of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet, and obviously... It's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. Just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there.
3: Yeah, you're a hypocrite. Well, that's where I want to go. I want to go there. So later, Representative Mike Waltz asked him about that, saying, hey, I've got this news article from this past February that talks about you selling a private jet that you owned. So what's the deal with that?
4: Hmm. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony not that objection.
6: you've never owned or f- I personally, your family? I not your family. personally, yes. My wife owned a plane and she sold the and plane. You flew on That's that plane? Been, uh, not in a number of years, and, but I have flown on it, and sure. this
4: article is not then inaccurate that your family owned a
6: plane, you flew on a plane. The, my, Mr. Wife Secretary, Mr. Owned, Secretary, my wife owned a plane. The, I do not fly on a private jet. Uh, I do. I do not fly. I fly commercially. Having all a of my private jet since you've taken this position, possibly once. <laughs> I. I don't. I think. I just don't. I'm. I'm trying to think. Of I, I think you
7: need
4: to take the broader point of how this appears to the American people. No, as we, we're I asking, them to take that, that. Let me tell you why. Mister,
3: I, you, you we're know, not asking you know Americans.
6: We're not asking Americans not to fly.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't own a private jet. Okay, yeah, my wife owned a private jet, all right? You got me, all right? But I fly commercially. Okay, maybe, maybe I don't know, one time I, I've flown private. I don't know. <clears throat> We're not asking Americans to not board airplanes. Come on. What are you talking about? There's a whole push about the carbon footprint. What's your personal
2: carbon footprint? Yeah. And people that fly private, people get you know ticked off about all the climate nuts. So absolutely, you and your ilk are telling people that. My family. <laughs> your family does
5: own it. You don't own it personally.
2: Yeah, like that yeah, matters you don't have to have The title's not in your name. Shut but up. You understand the optics, dude. Yeah, of That's course he does. That's why it bothers you when people bring it up. Jeez, yeah. man. Damn. So this is the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, looks like it is happening. Tucker Carlson not just doing a show. But also creating a new media company. You gotta call it CNN Carlson News Network. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the new company would be anchored by longer versions of the free videos that Tucker Carlson has been posting regularly on Twitter since shortly after his departure from Fox, uh, but would ultimately be driven by subscriptions. That's what people are saying. Yeah. Oh. What do you think of that model, Scott?
5: Uh, it's been tried before, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think he's got ahead of steam here. I think it will work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think people will pay for content if they want the content.
3: I would agree with that. Yeah. Yes. What do you think, David? I think it could work. I, I'll be really interested to see it. I know there are a lot of other people who may be thinking about going independent and whatnot who would be interested to see. The, the subscriber model is a tough nut to crack sometimes, mm-hmm. but he's got enough sway within uh, the within the confines of basically 40% at least of the country who see, th- see the world the way that he does. Um, so I, I think he's got the best chance out of anybody, really, if you're going independent to make it work. Yeah. But I'm sure he'll get the backers for all of that.
5: Yeah, I'm sure he will too. I mean, the problem is always people sharing passwords and not paying for the services that they're getting. I mean, Netflix has been battling this for a while.
2: Yeah, but they figure – it looks like they've figured I,
5: out at yeah. least part I, I of it. I don't know if they have or not, but it, yeah, I, I don't do that. I've never done that. Well, their but,
2: subscription rate yeah. went way up when they started finding people. Right. Whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. Ooh. All of a sudden, it happened.
5: Yeah, I mean, this could this could work out nicely for him, though. And, and by the way, there are no rules. I mean, he's not beholden no, to No, he is not. So
2: yeah. Yes. So that would be yeah. very interesting. You know, talking about the whole – you know, streaming model, subscription model. I saw this piece today, um, talking about Disney and the CEO, Bob Iger. Apparently he's not having a good time this second time around. There's a whole piece about it. Um and in it it's talking about him facing fire after fire, including further streaming losses, a steep decline in Disney's traditional T V business, and an activist shareholder's <laughs> gotta deal with all of it. Yeah. Um, they're in the midst of layoffs, budget cuts, summer crowds at the Florida theme parks have thinned, and its Pixar animation studio continued a years-long box office slump. A lot of this stuff has to do with going woke. And I know
3: liberal media can say,
7: that's not exactly true. It,
3: it is. That That's part of it. You turned off, you know, again, half the country with this stuff. Maybe it's time to listen to the critics. For once, and say, okay, maybe they actually have a point. Yeah. But for them, it's not
2: about the market share. It's about the cause. It's like a religion to these people. But it also says that Disney is likely going to seek a strategic partner in its ESPN sports business and is considering selling off other traditional TV assets.
3: Yeah, I heard they they were talking about dumping ABC. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see where all that goes.
2: Um, as you probably know by now, the cocaine caper from the White House can't be solved. No, nope. nope. can't be solved. Just I mean, not enough technology. No, just you know, one of those things. Just kowinky dink that, that just happens to be where the coke was is the place. There's no cameras. Yeah, it's almost like Jeffrey Epstein was there. No yeah,
3: fingerprints. No DNA. It's a weird thing, you know? It's like my front porch is more secure than the west wing of the White House. That's Uh incredible to me. It is strange, Uh, yes. Donald Trump, meanwhile, gave his thoughts on whose cocaine was found at the White House. This was on Real America's Voice.
6: (laughs) In my opinion, it's Hunter and probably Joe. Because, you know, you watch Joe at the beginning of a speech, and he's got a little life. (laughs) Not much, but he's got a little life. By the end of the speech, he's a disaster. He can't even find his way off the thing. So there's something going on there, and... I wouldn't be surprised if it was for both of them. I think it's for both of them, but that's yeah. my opinion. No, I think they pump them up. All right, absolutely. Let, and I think, and we can't we, have a president that's on cocaine when you're dealing with nuclear weapons and everything else. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got to admit it. That
2: made me
5: laugh. <laughs> we can't have a president who's on cocaine. No, of course not. <laughs>
6: it's the way he delivers it. A president yeah. that's on cocaine. When you're dealing with nuclear weapons and everything else, <laughs> and the laugh in the voice. <laughs> oh that's, my gosh,
2: that's great! Uh, yesterday, David had the update. If you remember the character Ray Epps from January 6th, Jake Tapper interviewed Ray Epps' lawyer. Can't wait to hear from that. Get to it and much more coming up right here. The Markley, Van Camp, and Roberts Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, Ray Epps. You need to go into the Capitol, is what he said We're January 30th, 5th and 30th.
3: 6th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray Epps, he's the guy who's seen on camera telling people to go into the Capitol on January 6th, and as you mentioned, the night before the riot. But unlike hundreds of other people, he was never charged with a crime. So many of us have wondered, well, why is that? And it seems worth asking whether or not he was working with the FBI, because the reporting bears out that there were multiple FBI assets or whatever they want to call them within the riot. And and a lot of us would like to know why. What was their purpose? And, you know, if they were there to just get intel, why did the federal government appear to be caught so off guard? Absolutely. And it just, it's it almost doesn't...
2: like they were wanting it to happen.
3: Yeah. So he's now suing Fox News and Tucker Carlson for defamation because they had the audacity to poke and prod at that storyline. Uh, Ray Epps' lawyer, a guy named Michael Teeter, was on CNN being interviewed by Jake Tapper, who just started out the interview with this. I'm going to play the question from the tap. Okay.
8: Roll it. Joining us now, Ray Epps' attorney, Michael Teeter. Mr. Teeter, thanks for joining us. So the lawsuit claims Fox and the host suggested repeatedly that your client was part of a secret FBI plot to orchestrate the January 6th riot. Obviously- a nutty false theory. How have these lies the offended your
3: Time out there with the tap. Yeah. Why is that obvious? Yeah, why is that an obvious nuts claim? I mean, we know this. The, the thing is, take, take recent politics out of this. Okay. Even CNN, as a news organization, has several published articles on their website, still live right now, about the FBI entrapping young, depressed Muslim men. And then, putting together a terrorism case against them, there's mm-hmm. one case in particular where a guy was suicidal, and an FBI agent posing as a young Muslim woman convinced him to wage war on behalf of Allah i mean the guy the guy was made into a terrorist by the FBI and the left wanted to protect those people, yeah, okay, which is great, yes, the federal law enforcement should not be creating terrorists. But yes. they have. They've demonstrated that they've done that over the last several decades. So why they did is it Michigan nuts? with the
2: governor of Michigan, yeah.
3: Gretchen Whitmer? Okay. He's
8: upended your client's life. Has any of this caused him to rethink all of these people, including that particular TV channel and, and all the lies they tell? I mean, he has now been victim and seen up close how reckless and how little they care about truth and facts.
2: Yeah that's disgusting yeah this guy that calls himself a journalist the question is are you saying lawyer that the reason that ray epps is going to be charged or indicted that's what you said right is because of fox news and tucker carlson because all of a sudden what there was a judge that thinking you know what I wasn't going to put this in front of a jury, but I'm really feeling the heat from Fox and the Tuck right now, so I better do it. That's yeah. what we're to believe? Yeah. Mr. Lawyer,
3: what a load of nonsense well, that of the is. Plus, in fact,
2: is there a question anywhere in the near future, Jake?
3: Right. Well, also the reckless lies from the same network that brought you the wonderful little phrase, fiery <laughs> but mostly peaceful. Mm hmm. Oh, the same, the same news outlet also that during one riot several years ago in i think it was in minneapolis this is before 2020 where it was like the family of a guy who'd been shot by the cops uh they they had the younger sister talking saying don't burn this stuff down and they they left it at that calling for peace only then you actually <laughs> listen to the whole clip and she's saying no go to the white neighborhoods and burn that stuff down." <laughs> right
4: exactly so
3: reckless lies give me a break anyway here's the response from the lawyer okay
4: Now, Ray is an unlikely villain for the right-wing and for Fox. As you said, he was a Trump supporter. He was there uh, on January 6th because he believed what Fox had been saying about the election being stolen. He now questions that, sure, and he questions um, many of the things that the right-wing media and Fox and its personalities have, have spewed about others because he knows when there's a lie told about him, he knows that it's a lie, and so it makes him question... The veracity of all the things that, oh Fox my gosh, on their personalities, This is something. well, it's just
8: it's just a horrible, horrible tragedy um, <laughs> that he and his wife have have to go through go, go through this. Michael Teeter, thanks so much. We appreciate it. That's it. Yeah, it's a horrible tragedy.
2: Okay, let me ask the question, Jake. Did you see the tape where he's saying, "No, no, no, we need to go into the Capitol"? Would you not agree that he was at at the very least fanning the flames? ...to get people to go in there and breach the Capitol? Awesome. One of the darkest days in the history of this nation, according to you? <laughs> right. He
5: wasn't arrested after he was videoed saying that? And now he's a tragic and, figure and, after and saying all of need a to sudden, go in st- when you had people right. around him saying, Fed, 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 right. don't do it. But, I mean, all the people that went to jail over this, not this guy who was encouraging right. people on tape! <laughs> Poor guy. Son of a gun. Just need to start a GoFundMe,
2: Jake. Oh, buddy. That's really something uh saw this out of health news you know what makes us want to be healthier good weather
5: well yeah i suppose yeah. Yes, i suppose that makes sense
3: outside it's it's yeah, nice outside. you're touching grass you're like you yes. know what i could live like this forever right. when it gets like 10 degrees warmer and you're like give me a cheeseburger now <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, yeah it is it's weird how that works when it gets really really hot Sometimes your eating habits get worse instead of, like, eating lighter because it's so hot out. No, that's when I want the massive fat burger. (laughs) Yes. Because I can relate to that. Uh, But people say uh, we're more likely to eat healthy in the summertime. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, or you're going to be outside with less clothes more. Right. And you're well aware of that. No, you're you're outside
5: more. You're probably active, much more active.
2: Yeah, you are. You're exercising more. Also, people take more vitamins and supplements. When the weather's good, which is really interesting. Okay. Oh, no. Me is flipping out. Hollywood on strike. What does it mean? That and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Thank you so much for being here. Is Joe Biden running in 2024? Boy, I don't know. I keep hearing these grumblings that they want him out. He said he was. Yeah. Uh, We'll get to that. Coming up in a second. Uh, oh, you know what? Big story. I mean, you got to pay a lot of attention to this. Breathless coverage. No lights, no camera, no
0: action. Hollywood shuts down and what's now the biggest entertainment industry strike in 60 years. The actors join the writers on the picket lines. What it means for the movies and TV shows you've been
5: waiting for.
2: The way they deliver that, and they did it on NBC2, the shows that you've been waiting for, what does it mean? I don't know, maybe I misread a lot of the country that they're like, wait a second, my fall is going to be destroyed if I don't have that new sitcom.
3: It it really is. It's a different world, and I don't think that legacy media or traditional broadcast media has caught up to it, that there are literally millions of avenues of entertainment that you can find. I mean, whether it's podcasts, audiobooks, YouTube videos, I mean, YouTube videos for the younger audiences YouTube and TikTok are way more important than whatever is coming up on ABC this fall. Absolutely.
5: Yeah, if there was a TikTok creator strike, then we got a problem. Then you'd have a problem,
3: yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I thought the same thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like not reading the room. I'm not saying it's not a story, but they're spending like over five minutes, you know, all these interviews and what does it mean? And oh my goodness. Like I don't know, they'll work it out. They're trying to figure out what the model is going to be moving forward. I don't think
5: mainstream media wants to acknowledge that there is other options out there.
2: Oh, I think that's true.
5: I mean, they know it as well as anybody else does, so they're going to keep it to themselves.
2: Well, a little earlier when we were talking about Tucker Carlson creating his own media company, Mm -hmm. you know, and him leaving Fox and what it meant, you know, there are a lot less people watching cable news in real time anymore. yeah, It's going to be less every year. There's mm-hmm. other avenues to put out your content. It's just, you know, the reality of what it is. You know, I asked if Joe Biden is running in 24, because obviously he already announced that he is. But CNN had this report, and then Daily Wire picked up on it, that there are top Democrats, like big money people, that are reaching out to the Gavin Newsoms of the world and telling them, Joe's not running for reelection. Like, what? What do you mean he's not running? He's not running. No, he already said that he's running. Yeah, but he's not really
3: running. What do they know? Yeah, yeah it's Is question. this just bogus or is it real? I mean, they, they just had a massive fundraising haul for the quarter that was announced today. That was bigger than, I guess, Barack Obama's uh, uh, second quarter uh, fundraising this time in his presidency, his first term. Okay, But as the story goes, numerous
2: polls have shown Biden struggling against the top two Republican Party presidential candidates. That would be Trump and DeSantis. Those who are placing the calls to the prospective Democrat candidates are telling them that despite what 80 year old Biden has said and despite launching his campaign, he actually will not run for president. And in the story, Biden's team pushed back, saying he's absolutely running. I mean, obviously, he's been in the spotlight this week. Well, technically shuffling, but yes. NATO and everything yeah. else,
8: yeah. you know. The Minister of daughter of Ireland. Daughter of Ireland. You can tell that's a
2: 40-day i on thinking of home.
3: Home? Ireland's home? Yeah, what? Ireland's home. Yeah, and then today, as he was departing Europe, uh, he was motorboating a toddler. Gawd, that was dang. a weird. I did not video. see that. Oh. Okay, describe this. I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's this video where you got a mom standing with her child, very young, maybe what one or two, somewhere that girl, in that age, little girl. Yeah, um, and the the baby, as as toddlers are wont to do, sort of turns in and puts her head on mom's shoulder, and Biden leans in and like open mouth goes hum dum 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 on her back. And then leans in to kiss her face, and it's just like, Joe. Yeah, the kid d- pulls away. Dude.
5: Yeah. Oh, my yeah. yeah, he was doing goodness. the nom, 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 nom thing. you, can,
3: you <laughs> yeah. <can> see it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, he looked like an elderly manatee chomping on that toddler, man. Yeah. It's just creepy. Remember when the, all these people in the Democratic Party
2: had the talk with him In later 2019 mm-hmm. to say hey it's a different world you just can't do that crap all the time you're creeping people out man yeah well he can't remember no or he doesn't care it's a compulsion one of the two wow that is just goofy some reason he wants to it. lick toddlers i'm not really sure why but i can't imagine it's worse than the facial I mean, that robbins just gave me the way he did that <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll well, oh my it it, gosh it was-
5: you could see his lips moving no. and his mouth open. Oh.
2: It was bizarre, man. And
5: you know the thing is different, too. I mean, if you are, let's say this child knows you, like right. you're, you're the uncle or whatever, if you pull this kind of stuff, you've been through it before, the kid giggles or whatever, right? Yeah. She so didn't know this old guy, this aqua velvet smelling not. creepy old dude. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know what? I don't even think I want to get to the rest of the story. I just want to move on now. Basically, it's these big-money Democrats are telling the up-and-comers, no, he's not going to run. We'll see exactly what happens with that. Now I'm going to try to get past that thing. (laughs) All right. that point of the show. Going around the table may not be the biggest story out there,
3: but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? Well, you know that... uh... Apparently, it's the unsolvable crime of our time, and that is who brought a baggie of cocaine into the White House. And Democrats are reacting to it now, uh, saying, well, yeah, the Secret Service did their job. You know, I'm confident that, that, that this has been resolved. Well, it hasn't been resolved, though. That's why a lot of us are scratching our heads here. Uh, Democrat Jamie Raskin, the guy who... Literally, just spreads conspiracy theories off of uh, random tweets that he's seen about Republicans. He's out there now saying, well, I think this is all all fine and good. And by the way, we can't even think about drug testing people in the White House. <laughs> well, I well, would think you, about it. <laughs> uh, I'm satisfied that the Secret Service and the White House are on top of it. You know, I was reading a, a book about Lincoln recently, and
0: um, anybody in Washington could just walk right into Lincoln's White House, go
6: directly in and try to find the president and talk to him. And Obviously, we're in a very different security environment than that, um, but I don't know how many people would
3: want to go to the White House if they were going to be administering a drug test on the way in, which is what some of my colleagues have suggested. You know, some people are saying everybody should be drug tested on the way into the White House. And how many people are saying that? I didn't hear everybody. I didn't hear no. anybody say that, actually. I mean, I've heard no. drug test the staffers, Just which try to figure out who's whose coke that is. Yes. Which, according to the White House, they do. So that. But yeah, the either way, it's like, well, you know, we wouldn't have as many visitors to the White House if we had to drug test everybody. Well, OK, <laughs> is that really- I
2: mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, okay. There's very few you'd probably have to drug test. It'd be Hunter Biden and what the members of Buck Cherry. I'm with
9: cocaine and yes, I'm on,
2: please, oh, well, hello. Is that Hunter yeah. or is that Buck Cherry? I'm not sure. Either way. I'm in the West Wing <laughs> with cocaine. <laughs> Golly, man. What's your story, Scott?
5: Uh, my story is the approval ratings of Kamala Harris. Whoa. Are they jumping? Uh, no, actually, oh. they're not. Mm. Harry, uh, this is a brand new poll, by the way, found nearly half of all voters view Harris negatively. Just 32% approve of her performance. Mike Pence, for an example, managed to survive the entire coronavirus crisis without hitting Harris's um, net negative 17 approval rating. Now, I want to go back a little bit because she has become so unpopular that her approval rating is now worse than former Vice President Dick Cheney's approval after he shot a guy in the face. <laughs> That's where we are.
2: Oh, funny. Dick
5: Cheney shoots a guy in the face more popular than Kamala Harris. <laughs>
2: uh, for my story today, uh, certainly not a big deal, uh, but it's making the rounds a little bit. And that was someone filming Donald Trump playing golf. Oh, yeah. This is at Trump National in Los Angeles, and it looks like he's maybe 15, 20 yards off the green and pulls the cart up, and is getting ready to hit this little wedge shot into the green. And then it was, well, unfortunate for the former president uh, that this was caught on tape, but. Oh, he shanked it. Oh my God, I got that on video. (laughs) Yeah, I had a little little shanks-alicious there. (laughs) Straight right. El Mm. Hazel. It happens, okay? It happens to, well, it happens to pros, for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. But you know this will be making the rounds all over the place, especially with people that like to have fun with the You think
5: he lifted his head too quickly? Didn't rotate his hips? What happened there?
2: Uh, I'm too close to the ball, maybe. Maybe? Okay. I'm not quite sure. A lot of people said, Probably still made birdie on the scorecard. Right. <laughs> still yeah. called it good. Pick it up. Pick it up. 20 feet out. Pick it up. Those stories never stop no. entertaining it me. W- you know, 20 feet, you know, right. eh, no need to mark it. Yeah. Gimme. Pick it up. Yeah. You're good. No problem. But it was, and it, it seemed like, you know, it wasn't like these guys filming were out to get him. They were surprise because Trump is a pretty decent golfer. You know? Oh, he shanked it. Oh my God, I got that on video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, man. It happens. Okay. There's much to get to. Oh, did you hear about Kevin Spacey? He was explaining how he lost his career. Well, there was a reason for that. Well, yeah. He was fighting back the tears. We will get to that in a news update. Thanks. That's got to be a joke. It has to be. The what? Markley Van Camp and Robin show. I can't stop laughing. No. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Sorry for the ADHD theater.
9: Yeah.
2: But I just saw on the news monitor there is a story where an Ernest Hemingway book is being flagged by some university.
3: All right. I because got... of its graphic fishing. <laughs> All right. I've got the I've got the story here. Okay. Join me on this journey. Okay. Ernest Hemingway, one of the key American literary legends of the 20th century, is is the next author to fall victim to content warnings with classic titles like The Old Man and the Sea and The Sun Also Rises, getting a second look from publisher uh, Penguin Random House, as well as One Scottish University. According to the report from the British Daily Mail... Uh, Updated uh, just last month, uh, Inverness, Scotland's University of the Highlands and Islands flagged the 1953 Pulitzer Prize-winning novella for allegedly graphic fishing scenes. Graphic fishing scenes? Yes. Others have criticized the decision, including Mary Dearborn, the author of uh, a biography. Um, I'm so this novella focuses on a uh, fisherman, protagonist Santiago's massive catch of a giant marlin that he exhaustedly struggles to keep on the line uh for days before eventually killing it with a harpoon. Uh apparently uh they just had to have a trigger warning because uh, uh it's yes. violent? Uh, I'm not really sure. Graphic fishing? Yes. Hmm never heard
2: of that before actually it's pretty wild. Andy, <laughs> Griffith, <laughs> Andy Griffin oh. fishing warning. He was a groomer. Oh boy.
5: <laughs> That'd be the new Marvel comic Billy Bass.
2: <laughs> but right outside that class, right outside the university, put one of those Billy Bass <laughs> out there. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Man, those things are hilarious. (laughs) Okay, we've got to get to the Kevin Spacey story. Do you remember when he was accused of getting all handsy? Yeah, he was convicted, right? Or he settled out or something. I mean Where did that end, David? I can't even remember. He's in court now. For a sexual assault trial in London. Yeah. And so he was describing how the multiple allegations against him destroyed his career. And he said, my world exploded. There was a rush to judgment. And before the first question was asked or answered, I lost my job. I lost my reputation. I lost everything in a matter of days. Well, there was a lot of that stuff out there. Mm -hmm. And then witnesses to it. If I remember the story right. yeah, Multiple, multiple counts. In denying one of the allegations, Spacey did call himself a big flirt. I'm just a big flirt. Mm-hmm. And what I did in my mind, he said, was romantic. Yeah, see, it gets creepy then, doesn't it? I don't know of any dude that gets grabbed down there and says, you know what, you're being romantic
3: right yeah, now. You're being real flirty. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I always thought of flirtiness as like uh, a certain type of glance or maybe... Uh, a playful joke or something yes. like that yes but not not you know not grabbing the wedding tackle like, <laughs> that's just a straight up pass isn't it <laughs> i mean well yeah that's sort of you know depending on the situation if it's you know a dude in the workplace there's a good chance you're gonna get punched well yeah i mean once you're grabbing the planters i mean that's a uh, yeah
5: yes well there's differing i guess degrees of romance Maybe perhaps Kevin thought that was an appropriate way to
2: be romantic. I (laughs) guess. Somebody sent me a meme, by the way. It just reminded me of it. Now I got to pull it up here. I don't know if you'd seen this one before, uh, but it's for people that might be confused about their gender. Mm -hmm. And it's just a picture of Clint Eastwood from one of the old Westerns, and he's looking very grumpy. And it says a good kick in the Basically, sack. Yeah. We'll solve your gender confusion.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Well,
2: is yeah, accurate? there's
3: yeah, there is something to that. The good, uh, the bad, and the
2: soprano. Yeah. <laughs> no, they always have to hit this in news too. I don't know if you heard. No one won Wednesday's Powerball drawing. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow's jackpot, jackpot up to eight hundred seventy-five million. Oh, man. Is this the point where you start playing again, Scott? Yeah. What is, is there an over under for you now?
5: Well, when I start hearing 875 million, I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, because 5 million, not enough. No, well. 50 million is not enough to wreck your life. 875 million, complete train wreck ahead. Yes.
3: Yeah, okay. Put it out there. If you want me off the radio, haters and losers, $5 million (laughs) cash, I'm done. You'll never hear from me again. Take five? I would take 5 million, yes. I'll take one.
2: Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, heat wave. It's well documented. It's been talked about a lot this week.
3: Oh yeah, that is due, in fact, to climate change. Says CNN. Yeah, not not a pressure system that is driving up heat in, in part because of El Nino, but it's all climate disaster, is what they're saying. Uh, an already dangerous weeks-long heat wave will only worsen this weekend as a heat dome intensifies and reaches peak strength over parts of the western United States. Oh, we he- talked about this morning, David, you know. 90 yeah.
0: million Americans on alert from coast to coast, scorching temperatures, climbing even higher.
3: Oh. Yeah, it's hot. There's no yeah. question about that. It's really it freaking is. hot. I mean, they're talking no, about in Las Vegas. You know, you're looking at a low of 90. <laughs> that's that's By 117, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even the hottest place on earth, CNN declares, California's Death Valley could reach rare highs with 130 degrees possible on Sunday. It has only happened a handful of times, one of which is the all-time global record high temperature of 134. This kind of extreme heat is one of the hallmarks of human-caused climate change. What they don't mention about that record is that if you actually click through the link and look it up, The all-time global record high temperature of 134 degrees was set in July of 1913. Hmm. So more than 100 years ago, apparently, there was climate change to blame. The whole thing to me is, as you watch
2: this, and I've seen it more this spring and into the summer than ever, that the weather's the lead story. Mm. And all I can think to myself is, that is the wearing down of people. Yes. Just... You know, just hitting that message again and again and again that we're doomed because of the weather, because of climate change, because that's how you get people to buy in. If you actually have a debate among people that believe, yeah, the temperature is a couple of degrees warmer than it was, whatever, say 100 years ago, but here's the long-term effects to this and here's what can be done. You actually did say a primetime special on network TV. With the different experts, people would come away with a clearer vision of what's really happening than the constant propaganda yeah. from Good Morning America and Today Show and well, all that crap. I mean, it's interesting you bring that up
5: because NBC today, Al Roker did a TED Talk on climate change. Himself? Yeah. And they highlighted that today. Okay. Not with other people that have no, studied no, no, this? No, 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 okay, no, Okay. Well, Ten minutes, Al Roker, uh, speech on climate change. Well, the the How it's endangering generations of people
3: yeah and as i pointed out you know they were talking about you know highs in houston and uh being really hot the today show dispatched a reporter to houston to talk about oh my gosh it's already 83 degrees right now at seven in the morning or whatever and right. as a kid especially as a fat kid who grew up in houston i can tell you that is not all that unusual you'd be sweating right. all day <laughs> Um, But, you know, and I I made the point that if you look at average high temperature in July in Houston, the year 2000, the average high temperature was five degrees higher than it was in the year 2021. So there are fluctuations all the time. And one of the interesting things to me is when you look at, you know, we always hear like the one degree or two degrees Celsius target when we talk about climate change. That's what you hear, John Kerry, Al Gore. Uh, People at the U.N., et cetera, always talk about. Do you know what the baseline is for that? You know what they're judging the increase of temperatures with? What? It is a 30-year span going 1950 to 1980. That is what they look at as the average global temperature. That's what they're judging when they say record temperatures or record average temperatures. Mm -hmm. You're looking at 30 years in the middle to the last, what, quarter or or 20 percent of the uh, uh, of the previous century, nothing else. <laughs> that's that's yep. the average right. temperature that they're that they're observing. The fascinating thing too is when they say, "Well, we couldn't, uh, we didn't see a warming trend in that period," but that was because of what are called aerosols, which is things you know things that come out of smokestacks and whatnot that right. have a cooling effect on the planet. So as we got rid of those like heavy industry. Uh, uh, types of things to try to clean, uh, Tamp down pollution We actually took away the cooling effect Of it and so we're seeing The climate get hotter that's what they're Arguing right now okay. I just kind of sit back And think well I can think maybe There's something to the man-made contribution Blah 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 all that sure. stuff Yeah. But when you're taking an average of Just three decades and using That as the baseline for whether or not it's Hotter than it's ever been on the planet That's absurd Well not only that you mentioned El
2: Nino. The first time I remember El Nino mentioned was the late 90s. Okay, that's 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't remember people saying we're doomed in the next 10 years if we don't make changes now. Yeah. Because of the last El
5: Nino. But what well, no, uh, a. to on. its simplest, the, it, it's the money. A lot of there times. There wasn't yes. money in it 25 years ago like there is now.
2: Probably true. Uh, speaking of money, well, we know about covid fraud as far as the ppp loans right it's fairly well documented but i happen to see this story out of the new york post and they are saying this fraud is the worst in history 200 billion dollars stolen and they are finding more and more people and charging them with the fraud but some of these stories are out of hand so as you remember, approximately $1.2 trillion was rushed through Congress in 2020 and then 2021. Um, and this new report from the Small Business Administration's Office of Inspector General reveals an astonishing 17% vanished to fraud. Okay, so now they've got 90,000 actionable leads. Like, who was just taking the money, didn't really need it, and what they spend it on? And all of a sudden, you start seeing pictures of $318,000 Lamborghinis. The people that were ripping off the government, man, and the taxpayer, they were living large. There's a story about this guy, Donald Finley, owner of the now shuttered Manhattan-themed restaurant Jekyll and Hyde, purchased a Nantucket home with these waterfront views with millions of dollars from (laughs) PPP. Yes. Now, he's facing up to 30 years in prison. So you know, not exactly worth it. Um, one person that was interviewed, uh, uh, that was Haywood Talcove of Lexus Nexus Risk Solutions. He said, "Listen, to this: the fraud was so easy to commit. All the information was self-reported, and none of it was verified or checked. During the height of the pandemic, it was really hard to purchase luxury items like a Rolls Royce or a high-end Mercedes." Because you had people walking in with cash from the PPP program to purchase those items for whatever the dealer was asking. <laughs> Jeez. What does it matter, right? Who cares? But, hey, all these, all these people got money. They're coming in. We can actually charge more
3: for this car right now. Yeah. So, it's incredible. So you're saying the stimulus worked. <laughs> well, right, people yeah. were spending money. Perfect. Yeah, it was
2: back, in, a, back into the system again. Yep. There's been a total of 803 arrests taking place as of May 2023 for the pandemic fraud. And then it talks about this dude, Miami, David Hines, 29, used $3.9 million in the PPP money. Um, And that's the dude that had that Lamborghini. (laughs) Something, man. Um, He also spent thousands at high-end shops and a Miami hotel and just spent $30,000 of taxpayer cash. He just said to mom, hey, mom, Enjoy thirty grand. He's did, a good son. I'll give him that. Did, My mom would go. Where did this come from? Yeah. Where did this
3: come from? Did mom not, not ask those questions? Yeah, I was just going to say. But there's no way.
2: Yeah, don't know. Doesn't say in the story.
5: Hey, mom, here's thirty k. Uh, there was Small this other bills, guy. Small by
2: the way. Uh, he paid off the mortgage at his house, and at his business property, and then he shelled out for an eighteen karat gold Rolex watch oh. and a vintage Jag. Made a staggering one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars in cash withdrawals, traced back to the loans. I mean, it's like story after story. A lot of Rolexes, a lot of mm-hmm. awesome looking cars. But yeah, they're they're catching on, and that more and more people are uh, are getting in trouble. Some people are
3: doing plastic surgery, all sorts of stuff like that. So there you go.
2: All right, David, you got a story about a teacher
3: in Washington? Oh, yeah. Uh, in the state of Washington, apparently teachers having private communications with kids about their sexuality is necessary and encouraged. No, it's not. That's, well, in the state of Washington, has decided oh. it is. Um, Brandy Cruz, we talked about her before, a uh, former Seattle TV anchor who now does her own thing, The Undivided Podcast is what it's called.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, she has a new story about the Olympia School District, one of the wokest school districts in America. A teacher was privately communicating with a 10-year-old student about her sexuality, a fifth grader, going as far as to tell the girl to set up a private email account so they could communicate without the parents finding out. Uh, Wow. The emails are from the summer to the fall of last year between Jennifer Knight, a teacher at Centennial Elementary School, and one of her fifth grade students. In an email to school staff on April 28th, Knight told the uh, rest of the uh, faculty and staff that this student has opened up to me in the past few months and has requested this change, that they would use they, them pronouns Mm. now. Uh, Please understand this change is, uh, I'm sorry, his right. So I guess it's. It was a girl that was saying, I'm a boy, but I want to go by they, them pronouns or something like that. Uh, And so the teacher wrote, please understand that this change is his right and is not to be questioned. Please also know that they are not going by this change at home, and we will not be discussing this with his family. Uh, Knight sent the student, meanwhile, private emails, which included statements like, you need to get a personal email set up so we still have a way to communicate. I would take you into my home anytime you need. And also make sure this email is deleted when we are done because otherwise, when your mom looks, you will be outed instantly. Wow. That's grooming. Holy cow. Absolutely.
2: Man. That's so sickening, man. Mm -hmm. And it happens far more than people think. Think there is a spotlight being shown on that right now. Oh, gosh. Dang, man. Okay. Appreciate that story. Not that I enjoy it, but I think people need to know, that's for sure. Now, you have a piece of audio
3: we got to get to. This is a
2: pilot of a helicopter?
3: Yeah. What's Uh, going on? Passenger on a recent helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon nearly made a very, very bad mistake. Uh, The passenger was in the front seat of the helicopter, and you can see the passenger reaching for a control lever. She was apparently about to yank the lever that controls the rotor brake, which stops the propeller from spinning. It's something that you put in when you're landing, when you're on the ground. Why were they doing that? Uh, So the pilot, I think, had pointed to it and had touched it. And then the passenger, you can see on the right hand of the uh, side of the video, reach up and try to grab it. And he knocks the hand away. And he hears what he said in the moment. Okay. No.
1: No. That will kill us.
3: (laughs) That will kill
2: us. What's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? You trying to kill everybody I, in the helicopter? I, I, <laughs> who just does that? I don't know. <laughs> I but I both. always thought if I'm in that area, I want to do something like that because I think it would be really cool. And then you get on the helicopter with some numbskull like that. Yeah.
5: Holy smokes! What would happen if I pulled this? Who
3: uh, here? I wonder. I like that. No, no,
7: no, no. <laughs> that will kill us. <laughs> <laughs> There's
3: a time I was on a little plane in Alaska going up to one of the glaciers and. The guy said, as we were getting on this tiny little aircraft, he said, rule number one, these switches, don't touch any of them. Just don't touch them. Right, exactly. Fair enough. Easy enough.
2: Jeez. I just want to touch it. (laughs) What'll happen? (laughs) You will kill (laughs) us. Okay. Dave's got a story about Chipotle rolling out a robot to make guacamole. You like that? Get to that in a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Soon, data will be the 32nd freestanding, have free 30 free. Doug,
3: girl, yeah. you know the thing. Baskin Robbins or something. Yeah.
2: Jeez. CNN reporting the conversations keep happening. Quiet whispers on the sidelines of events, text emails, future phone calls. It's top Democrats and donors reach out to those seen as possible replacement presidential candidates, Biden's team says malarkey. Yeah, not happening. They're saying he ain't running. Can't make it. Come on, man.
5: I, I you know, you wonder about this one. Although there's been some uh, licking of the chops by by a governor supermodel. You have a Newsom. Yeah.
2: Yeah, David's got a story on him coming up. I think he's the one that's talked about
5: a lot. Well, night. and he's, he's visiting these states, not for his health, that's for sure.
2: Well, yeah, no, he's
5: team
3: player. Yeah, He's right. he, Yeah, he thinks Biden's is doing great. great. Joe Biden. no. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, On the one hand, I, I think, yeah, there probably are conversations about whether or not Joe Biden is going to actually, when it comes down to it, be running for president because – you know, you game this out if you get into the end of this year or early next year, and he says, "You know what? Darn the luck! I've, I'm senile, and I've got to step down." Yeah, you eliminate really a primary process because you can't really get you that. You can't really get debate scheduled, all of that. So you really can actually have sort of the old school smoke-filled rooms uh, decision making as to who is going to be the nominee, and then you actually just have a convention like it used to be. Right. Um, so. You know, then you can kind of install somebody there at a convention. But at the same time, if you're talking about big donors having that conversation, they've donated like 70 something million dollars to these campaigns or to this campaign combined in the second quarter this year alone. So there's a lot of money that's going towards Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. And then you spend the money and you see the, the
6: yeah. minister of Cova's daughter of Ireland, daughter of
2: Ireland.
3: You can tell us a four step. step I'm thinking of home. OK, that money's gone. We yeah. got to do something. That dude can't make it. <laughs> I mean, if he if, if Joe Biden were to willingly step step aside, they could actually transfer that money into either the DNC's war chest or sure. a candidate of their choice. But it just seems odd that you'd be pouring money into that if you don't think he's actually going to run.
2: I guess with those people, I kind of think of it as they're going to pour money in no matter what, mm-hmm. just to stay in power. But they don't
3: think that guy can do it. I don't know. We'll see. What is the story about a robot at Chipotle? Oh, yeah. They're calling it autocado that is going to be making guacamole for Chipotle now uh, because they want to save on man hours. And, you know, they've they've been paying people a lot of money for hourly work. and. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they're trying to save a few pennies here and there. So they're testing this thing uh, that takes in uh, uh, an avocado, it peels it, it, it takes the, the stone or the seed out of it, and, um, and makes the hand smashed guacamole. Wow. That's no longer hand smashed.
9: Yeah.
2: Like 15 an hour. That doesn't cost nearly as much. Mm-hmm. No. No. That's the whole thing. This is the Markley, Vane, Camp, and Robin Show.
3: Okay, if there's one big story today, what is the biggest? Oh, man, there's a lot out there. I, I think we need to get to uh, some of the uh, comments from different presidential hopefuls as they're on the stage in Iowa with Tucker Carlson. Asa Hutchinson just buried himself. I mean, we everybody knew he really wasn't much of a player yeah. anyway in the field. I'll give him credit for having guts to, to go after or to go on with Tucker, but it didn't go well for him.
2: Oh, yeah. I want to hear that. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, you do want to hear that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, we'll get to that. And then, as I said, David, you have a story about Gavin Newsom trying to enforce a non-existent law. Boy, these people love the straw man, don't they? Mm-hmm. Get to that and much more. This is the Markley, Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley, Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the general Xer.
3: David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, uh, Tucker Carlson is on stage in Iowa today uh, talking to Republican presidential candidates. Uh, Donald Trump notably did not show up. And you could say perhaps it was a smart move because the one-on-one thing, especially that now that Tucker doesn't have a boss to answer to, mm-hmm. is going to be tough.
7: Absolutely.
3: he's grilling candidates, and I I like seeing him do it. Um, Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, who very famously said he was, I guess, okay with the idea of chemical castration of children when he vetoed a bill uh, that would have banned such procedures being done on minors. And uh, Tucker Carlson wanted to ask him about it. Hmm. He's done this before.
7: So I wanted to talk to you about your veto of the anti-puberty blocker trans surgery bill in April of 2021. At the time, you said that the bill was extreme and that it would interfere with the treatment of minors seeking to transition from male to female or female to male. Given, and I'm not attacking you for it, but I am asking if in the subsequent two years you've had rethinking of that have you reassessed your view on it since then
0: well uh, first of all I want to ask you, how many of you all are parents in this room here we go I'm a parent as well and uh, what I believe in is that parents ought to raise their children I believe that parents ought to be in control and I also believe in the Constitution I believe that God created two genders and that there should not be any confusion on your gender. But if there is confusion, then parents ought to be the one that guides the children. That to me is an important fundamental principle. Now obviously
5: you can right, take let's it just too stop far. There for a
2: so far, Robbins, what do you think? Is you handling this well?
5: Well, it's all stock. I mean it's all Republican stock type stuff. Yeah. The government intervention and I believe parents should and blah blah blah. It's, you know, I'm not hearing anything I haven't heard before. Okay.
0: Now, obviously, you could take it too far, and if there would have been a bill that said uh, you uh, should not ever have transgender surgery as a minor, I would sign that admit because no parent should be able to consent to that permanent change. But this bill did go too far. It was unconstitutional. It interfered with parents, and so I sided with parents on that bill in oh. In managing the most sensitive issue that a parent can face and I believe in a limited role of government and so you know okay. if I don't think that California ought to be able to tell parents you need to have gender-affirming care for the children the government should not do that and okay. in the same way let's keep the government out of it unless it's that extreme case and let's let parents guide right. the children I stand with parents. How about
3: you go ahead David. Well, he he actually is arguing against himself in that. Right. Because, and Tucker later pointed out, that was a long clip, but, but pointed out uh, later in the conversation that puberty blockers, hormone therapies, or whatever, actually do lead to permanent damage. They do that is lead life-changing, to, yes. Yeah, it is life-changing. So, so it, that argument doesn't make sense on its face. And we regulate things that parents can and cannot do all the time. When it comes to medical procedures, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you had a and, and and look, if you had a teacher who was walking around saying, "Hey, kid, I'll I'll help you get Xanax," that teacher would be going to prison, right? Yeah, should be, <laughs> right? And, right. and so and, and for good reason, they would be going to prison. You're 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 driving a kid towards resources and accessing something that they're going to use to harm themselves. And that's the central premise behind any state government saying we're going to ban uh, uh these cross sex hormones uh much less surgery uh, you know that's why it needs to be banned because you cannot just rubber stamp every medical procedure for a child we don't let kids get uh not a medical procedure but you don't let you don't let minors get tattoos you don't let minors smoke you don't there's a whole lot of things that parents are not allowed to do with or to their children. Totally agree. The other part, and I'm just speaking for me, and I could be
2: wrong, it's just an opinion. I hear a guy like Asa Hutchinson, and you know other Republicans are in that boat too, where all of a sudden what the person's saying here does not make sense. So while it goes too far in limited government, to me what it's saying is there's a lot of medical money coming into your campaign, and they own you, and because of ESG scores, because if it's one thing we've learned over the last few years, when big companies make decisions that alienate themselves from their customer base, and it seems to make no sense to anybody, it's usually about ESG scores. So someone owns you, which means I don't want to vote for you.
5: <laughs> well, and if you're That's position, what it comes down to. If you're in a position like him where you're polling at 1% or less, He's, I mean, nobody knows who this guy is, right, outside of the political wonky world. Outside of but Arkansas, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't know who this guy is. Yeah. Come hard. Come hard with a take. He can't. But you no. can't because of your squishiness going into it. So you have to maintain that, or you're a complete hypocrite. Yeah. Yes. But it's like you could say, I've evolved on this, and here's what I've decided. i made some mistakes, and blah, blah, blah. Move on.
2: Well, it's like the different Republicans that were critical of Ron DeSantis' fight with Disney in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, you know, the business. we I don't know if we really want to get in the, the this sort of fight, blah blah blah. Okay, who owns you then? Yeah. Yeah. Well Because I don't think you're speaking for the people. And why are you saying that?
3: Yeah. Right. I think so, guys guys like Asa represent an old Republican mindset like you mentioned where they think, well, there is a way to find a middle ground on certain issues. Right. They accept just, just, the premise of their opponents, which is how you well, defeat yourself. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you go out there and on the issue of the, the trans surgeries and procedures on minors, there isn't a middle ground. You're either no. for it or you're against it. There is no middle ground in this. But you look at all of those
2: facilities across the country now mm-hmm. geared toward teens yeah. and puberty blockers and the surgeries. There's massive amounts of money in that, and that pressure is going to be put on politicians. Well, uh, use some stock line about, you know, limited government, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever it takes, but we got to right, make yeah, our cash. Yeah. We're giving you money.
3: Yeah, it sucks. All right, what was the story on Gavin Newsom? Oh, man. Uh, California's fascist governor is now trying to enforce a non existent law to force a school district to pay for a social studies book that the school board rejected. So uh, the backstory here is there's a social studies book. Uh, for elementary school kids, it's not mandated by the state. It's an optional piece of curriculum. And members of the school board uh, said, you know what, we're not going to take this. They they didn't like – this is a Temecula Valley school district, by the way. Uh, they didn't like that it had a section celebrating Harvey Milk, a politician and gay rights activist who was also a pedophile. Yeah. Um, when he was 33, he had a relationship with a 16-year-old who later went and killed himself. I mean – These are not things to to celebrate here. So Gavin Newsom says the state is going to buy the books and give those to the students in the Temecula Valley School District uh, in spite of what the local government says. Okay.
7: Social studies book is being censored by the local school board. Censored. Um, I know that's created a lot of anxiety. The last thing we need is more anxiety and more stacking of stress. So I want you to know that we're moving forward. The state is moving forward in purchasing and procuring those social studies books. Your kids have the freedom to learn, and you have the freedom to access those books.
3: Now, now, the interesting thing is that, according to the press release, he has the authority to do this under Assembly Bill 1078, but that's not a law yet. That bill would give the state the power to buy books and pay for them using the school district's money. So if a school district said, no, we don't want to use this piece of curriculum— the state would buy it and then send them the bill anyway. So it's in other words, if you're in California, state Democrats want to wipe away your local school board's authority completely.
2: Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. So, you know, because they're going to go with, you know, whatever book they think is best for their, well, religion, which is the woke religion. And if that's teaching about Harvey Milk, then that's what they're going to do. It's crazy. And then you got a story out of Tacoma.
3: Yeah. Uh, There's a place called Aberg's uh, Tools and Equipment Rental. Uh, It kept getting broken into over and over again. The owner decided he was going to electrify the fence around his business. (laughs) 7,000 volts. If you uh, touch it, that's what you're going to get. That's a deterrent. Oh, yeah. Alex Bacon explained why he decided to install this on Fox & Friends. Okay.
4: So it was just nightly break-ins, always middle of the night, waking me up, taking me away from home. Yep. uh, Coming in, uh, fences cut wide open, like in the camera there. uh, Costly repairs every time I'd have to have an emergency fence repair. You're talking a thousand bucks, roughly. uh, To the point where I started driving around with a roll of fencing in my car, and I'd fix it myself because it was being broken into so frequently, I couldn't stop it.
2: How would you come up with this idea, and have you caught anyone on camera touching the fence and getting buzzed?
4: No, people, obviously people are very scared of it, you know what I mean, which is what we wanted. We don't want anybody getting hurt. We want people staying off our property, that's why we put the original fence up, but we had to go to the electric fence as extra security. Uh, We do have great police here in Tacoma. Uh, but their hands are tied. They're not allowed to do anything. Yeah. You know, criminalization is allowed everywhere. You know, I mean, there is no illegal activity anymore unless uh, you have money or you're a business owner. Then you can have illegal, illegal activity. But the criminals have been just set free, and the police can't do anything about it. They, they, they're not allowed to.
2: No. That's why a lot of people are moving to different states where they actually, well, uphold the
5: law. You know what? Um, when I grew up in my backyard, there was an electric fence because there was a pasture right behind my house, and it was to keep the cattle inside. Yeah. You know, that's what it was there for. Yep. Well, you know, one cow or another would try it every now and then and get the hell-shocked out of them <laughs> and go tell the other ones, and they would they'd, nobody got out. People <laughs> <laughs> be freaking out about it It's like it the now. first guy that touches it, ah! <laughs> you know, and he's going to go tell all his other buddies, and then they're, they're going to leave that one alone, man. No way. <laughs> I don't need that.
2: Oh goodness! You know what? I'm gonna switch gears and do a different story. I had, we'll get to the story about what a guy can wear to work now in a minute. I'm gonna get to this because it reminds me of the same type of thing, in a way. Did you hear of the the glue protest that was going on in Germany? Glue Where across. activists glued themselves to the runway of an airport? Yes. Oh my gosh! And so dozens of flights. You know, postpone oh. because of these nuts protesting, ain't hey, climate, blah, 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 gluing themselves to the runway. Okay, you have one plane say, we got to take off. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there, it was like the first day of the kids' summer vacation. So you got no. all these families planning on going somewhere, and now we're held up by these nuts? No. <clears throat>
3: no, That's
5: when
2: it gets sucked into an
5: engine.
3: It's, what, <laughs> it's over. What they need to do is hand them a hacksaw and say... That air traffic will resume in five minutes. The choice is yours. They'd go Mad Max on him, man. Yep. I think you can hack
2: right through there if you need to. You put yourself in this position. Sorry, yep. but that's the way it's going to go. All these, deci- they, have de- they have repercussions to these decisions <laughs> you all
5: been making. And here's one.
2: Oh, man. Okay, yeah, what is appropriate dress for the office these days? There's a big fight amongst the boomers and millennials. We'll get to that a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the Biden administration is going to forgive thirty-nine billion dollars in student loan debts for eight hundred thousand borrowers. Yeah. Yeah. They're on what it calls administrative failures
3: that denied student loan borrowers relief. When they were eligible uh, for under their repayment plans. Yeah, so if you didn't do the work and you didn't actually focus on, you know, applying for different relief programs and whatnot, they're going to retroactively award it to you. Okay. So no punishment
2: for not getting your crap together. Nope. No, No, it's not your fault. Okay. What do you call that? Just inept equity? What is it? (laughs) Trying to figure it out, inept
5: equity. I I don't know. Yeah, because you're not quite inept enough. You're not on equal playing field for those who are, because they're rewarded for their behavior and you're not.
2: Oh, real quick, because I mentioned, we would talk about this. We don't have a whole lot of time, but it was in the Wall Street Journal. Can men ever wear shorts to the office? What about baseball hats? Of course. Well, this is this is like a real office. Oh, okay. Okay, our business is a little bit different. Yeah, I wear a baseball cap. Yep. Mm -hmm. Every day. Yes.
3: And I wear yes. shorts every day.
2: Yes, I don't wear shorts every day, but a lot of days. Yes, and you're, a, you're an anti-shorts person, Scott. Not Seems.
5: anti-shorts. I'm just not comfortable wearing them most of the time.
2: Okay, but you don't mind I don't that care. David no, shows no. off some leg. David doesn't bother me. Uh,
5: you got ham hocks like that, baby. You better flash
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem to be a little bit split by the generations when they do the polling on oh, this. Oh, it does, yeah. Yeah, the boomers, they they don't like the hats even though you're the boomer scott i'm an exception
5: to the boomer rule i guess huh
2: yeah i guess um shorts again
3: millennials are pretty much yeah heck yeah you know it all depends on what your job is i mean if i walk in if i need a lawyer and i walk into the office and the dude's got his feet up he's wearing flip-flop shorts and a hat i'm going somewhere else yeah, like you're just you're just, you're just going to take my money and spend it on weed, aren't you? I... <laughs> but but if your senator from the folks in Pennsylvania is wearing shorts to work, well, that's okay. Well, well there you can have
2: gazpacho for brains, and
5: they'll <laughs> still vote
3: for you.
2: There you go. One thing talking about footwear, a lot of people yeah. are okay, you know, casual, athletic, that sort of thing. But sandals is where people draw the line. Yeah, it seems.
3: it's kind of gross. Yeah, I think so too. But it's okay for the ladies. Yeah. Depends on the sandal. Not not a flip-flop, but...
2: Yeah, it depends on the sandal. Like the
3: open-toed sandal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Depends on those toenails, man. Yeah. Really, that's what it comes down to. It
2: does, kind of. Doesn't it? Um, the other thing, and I'm going to transition here. They also brought up graphic T-shirts, or a band T-shirt. Oh, well. And a lot of people, especially boomers, now not appropriate. But you're wearing a band T-shirt today. I am. And actually, that's what we came up with. With our Friday Five, because you saw Collective Soul last night. Yes. Big band from the 90s. Yep. So we were kicking around yesterday. If you had to rank the biggest bands of the 90s, oh wow, who would be in the top five? Hmm. And we went back and forth on this in a number of different ways. One of the things was, what if a band's first album or two, maybe even three, was in the 80s, but they were massive in the 90s? Would they be in? And we decided, yes. So we were going by, okay, how big was this artist at their height? Do they stand the test of time? And how much do you personally like the band? And we've got our five. The number to get in early, 210-619-2053. And an unbelievable pick from Robbins made it in that you won't believe. We'll get to it all coming up. Are you ready?
1: Let's do it.
2: The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's Friday. That means a countdown Our Friday 5, and it starts like this.
1: The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody want- The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
2: Friday Five. Take a little break from news. Have fun with the countdown. Last night, Scott Robbins saw Collective Soul live in concert. Good show, huh? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, good show. It was a jukebox. So we were talking yesterday. You know, Collective Soul is a big band. Definitely in the 90s. Yep. Um... If you were to rank the biggest musical artist from the 90s, who would be in there? There's Collective Soul right there. I think you had them in your five, yeah. but they're an honorable mention. Right. Didn't make it. I was Did you was the lone your other wolf picks? on that one. Um, you were the lone wolf on another one uh, that made it to number five and mm-hmm. kept a very important band of the 90s out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some would say Controversial. Some would say, that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a little controversial. Yes. Yes. Some would say embarrassing. <laughs> uh, I don't. You would say that. Yes. Oh, I. I don't think I'm going to be the only one. Uh, the number to call is two one zero six one nine two zero
3: five three. Who's up first, David? Uh, let's talk to Alan in Tigard. Hey, Alan.
4: Hey, happy Friday, guys. Um, I'm going to try to walk this one off, but I think worst case scenario, I'll just bloop a single out and keep the line moving. Uh, how about Metallica?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, you're going to have a great weekend. Number one. Okay. Stating the obvious, not known as a 90s band, per se. But the black album was in the 90s. And then you had Logue, Reloogue. They sold, what was it,
3: 27 million albums in the 90s? It's like one of the biggest selling records of all time. I mean, uh, so I was on the fence about whether or not they counted as it because they had records out in the 80s, but the thing exploded in the 90s. Yeah, that's when it went to another level for sure. Yeah, when we looked at the album sales overall, they sold a ton of albums in the 90s. That's really when they were the biggest for a more mainstream audience. And I would say, of all of the artists
2: that made it into the five, they're the ones that really had a big following already in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Everyone else they really came into prominence in the nineties for the most part, I would say, so a little hint there.
3: yeah, okay, who's next?, uh, let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary.
6: Hi guys. Happy Friday.
3: Happy Friday, Mary. How are
2: you?
6: Hey. I'm doing good. Keeping good. The cool here. Even got to listen to you on the beach this week, a couple of days mm-hmm. up on the drive on where we first found you during isolation.
2: Oh, oh that's awesome. Nice. Good for you.
6: Uh, yeah. It's always great listening up on the beach. But anyway, um I thought of a few, but I was going with uh, the red hot chili peppers.
2: Oh, yeah. We were talking about that too yesterday. They certainly had albums out in the '80s, but they were at their biggest in the '90s. David, you had some buddies that were massive.
3: Yeah, fans. yeah. I I was struggling with whether or not to put them in the five at first because I, you know, they seemed to almost be or have their own cult at, at one point in the '90s, where it wasn't just a band; it was like this was this was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, they were just right. monster identity almost. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know how much of that was swayed by, I don't know, a regional thing or just the uh, degenerates that I knew. I'm not, <laughs> well, they were pretty big. Not sure. but It was pretty I, big, yeah. They, they missed the five when you look at more objective criteria. But Yeah, I agree. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Uncle Schultze in Oregon. Yes,
2: sir.
5: Uncle Schultz?
2: Yes, sir. Biggest, best artist of the 90s, buddy. What do you got? Well,
1: you know, a lot's been said this week about Joe Biden skipping those dinners at the NATO summit. Yeah. And I think my theory is he was just happy to make a nice poopy in the potty. (laughs) So, but I'm, and on that note, I'm going to go with Green Day. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to (laughs) Man Guys.
3: From Dookie. Now that, they did make my five. I, I loved that band. I liked them growing up. That was like one of the first rock bands I really
6: liked. Um,
2: oh, yeah, because you would have been seven years old when this came out, right?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I remember even some old rockers at the time kind of liked them, and you'd get a call at the rock station. Hey, you play that Greenpeace band? <laughs> oh, you mean Green Day? Yeah, whatever. Just play it. Okay. All right, thanks.
5: Yeah. Yeah, that well, was huge. Yeah, and I was in top 40 then, and when I come around, when that hit, it was like it just blew the doors off of it. I mean, the thing went nuts.
2: You guys played that at top 40? When I come around, sure. Okay. Yeah, All right. a big record. Did the record label send you a bottle yep. of Irish whiskey with and, that? And a nice platinum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's a lot of record company money back
3: then, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whew. Yep. Yep. All right, who's next? Let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Hey, gentlemen. Happy Bastille Day. So. Yes,
2: John. Way to recognize, buddy. And we're marching. So, We're all internationalists here. Yeah. So uh, I, I asked my staff to uh, generate a list of 90s bands and put it on the teleprompter in 20-point font <laughs> with phonetic spelling yeah. to uh, clearly mark the exits, tape down the cables, and remove all sandbags of war. Good, good, yes. <laughs> but, but because it's hard to get good staff, obviously— they gave me a list of 1890s bands. <laughs> so I've had to improvise. Since
5: I'm sort of out in the desert, I'm going with Oasis.
2: Oh, I love your pick, dude. Yes. As we were saying this yesterday, putting this together, I was really trying hard to wedge them in there in the five, and I just couldn't quite do it. But for personal life and for what I actually listened to, I'm looking at everything else that I would have picked. They're in my top three of what I listen to. I love that stuff. Yeah. And if you're a fan, even a little bit, the documentary is worth a watch. But it's a good thing to have subtitles because you don't know what Liam or Noel are saying
3: half the time. But, man, is it funny. Okay, who's next? Uh, Let's talk to Joey in Salem, Oregon. Hey, Joey.
1: Hey, happy Friday, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, bro. How are you? Oh, you know, just living the dream.
2: There you go. Yeah, dude. What you got So I,
1: I, I decided to go with an obvious one that I figured that Robbins will
3: not deny because every single time I call in, he always ruins it for me. <laughs> and I am going to go with Nirvana. Oh, no, he ruined it. Yeah. He ruined it.
5: <laughs> How did I ruin it?
3: Because of what wound up being number five. Well, they were in my five at number five.
2: Yeah. yeah and there, there's another band that got hosed, too, in my opinion, that didn't make the five. I mean, it's hard to deny. I think a lot of people, when they think 90s bands, that's the first band they think of. But no, not an R5, but wait till you hear number five. <laughs> What's your problem with five is, I mean,
5: man,
3: well, well, I, it's, a, okay.
5: it's the act has sold millions well, of records. Okay. but Millions it, it, of concert tickets.
3: The other thing, too, is that our lists were fairly different because of different areas or eras of life that we were all in. I mean, Scott's doing top 40 in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, you're doing rock in the 90s. And me as the millennial, like you said, like when the Green Day record came out, it was I was seven. So. Yeah. You know, a lot of that in uh, later elementary and then uh, yeah. middle school. You're holding your
5: tray up to get an extra brownie. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: but yeah, it's still pretty inexcusable that Nirvana and another band yet to be named uh, got got hosed on this one. Yes, I agree. Yeah. OK, who's next? Uh, let's talk to David in Hillsborough. Hey, David. Well, happy Friday,
2: gentlemen. David, it's been a minute. We love David. <laughs>
1: Uh, yes, it has. I thought I'd check in just to let you know I'm still alive.
2: Excellent. Good. Good yeah. to hear that, man.
1: Uh, this band I have is one that I didn't get a chance to see, and I really would like to see him. Kid g- 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 Rock.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way you brought that in was perfect. <laughs> man, what a way to open up an album.
3: I actually had this in my top five because I I still listen to the Devil Without a Cause record. Yeah. And that thing sold 14 million copies. Yes. Yes. I would say it wouldn't
2: make he wouldn't make my top five because the other bands had like sustained platinum records. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just one. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he was huge. Um, And, honestly, I'm trying to think of the year it was. I think it was 99 that I saw Kid Rock open for who was number one, Metallica. That was a fun show. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. Okay. We should probably break this down for a second and then reset. We've got number one, Metallica. That's the only one we have so far in the top five. Wow. Wow. But we have great honorable mentions that have already been named. But again, biggest musical artists of the 90s. How big were they? Do they stand the test of time? How much do you personally like it? That's how we get the whole list. The number, 210-619-2053. And we'll wrap it up. Coming up right here. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's the Friday Five. We do have a news update coming up, and then of course the Scott Robbins trifecta. But today for our list for our Friday Five, it's the greatest '90s artists. Because Robin saw Collective Soul last night, yep. who is in his top five. But we were talking about this yesterday. Who would be the biggest? There's an honorable mention right there. One of Van Camp's favorites, Green Day. Number one, Metallica. But that's the only one out of the top five we have so far. Wow. Okay, we've had great honorable mentions.
3: There was Kid Rock, there was Oasis, many more. Back to it, David. Uh, Let's talk to Terry in Ocean View. Hey, Terry. Hey, this is Terry from
8: Ocean View, Delaware. We're just south of old Brandon Falls, Delaware. (laughs) There,
2: yeah, (laughs) nice. How you guys been? Good. Been great, man. Good. Hey, my, uh, my guess is STP, Stone Temple Pilots. Well done, man. Number three. With that album purple that holds up it's really really good and you know the rock critics at the time they were brutal on those guys and i think it was because they were from southern california not from seattle like they weren't authentic right it, it was a lot of garbage with the rock journos it was so much testosterone i love the Stone this little
3: pilots I love that little lick right there. Oh, yeah. And that that song still to this day sounds awesome coming yeah, out of the radio. It does. It does. I agree. Yep, me too. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Mark in Lynchburg, Virginia. Hey, Mark.
1: What's going on?
3: Mark, it's all good. How's
1: Lynchburg? Yes, sir. Have, have, uh, Lynchburg is hot as fire. <laughs> crazy. It has been burning up here. But anyway, hey, back to the music. Why don't we go with Pearl Jam?
2: Yes. Number two. For a lot of people, Pearl Jam was bigger than Nirvana. Around 94. 93, yeah. 94. Really, really big. Yeah, that was huge. And the test of Time is still there. You know, it's interesting. Because out of, like, the different bands from Seattle. So Pearl Jam, definitely there. As we mentioned earlier, Nirvana didn't make the top five. Something else made the top five. Um, and I was I couldn't believe this band did not make the top five. It should have. Soundgarden. I had Soundgarden in my five. Did you, David? I did. Okay. I thought I did, too. No, Soundgarden got hosed. Yeah. Because of the band, I think, Scott, that you ranked number two. Baby. Could have been. Um, that ended up at number five, On which Canada. is yeah. Yeah. number five. Dave Matthews.
3: What? Terrible. Dude. Dude. Terrible.
1: Dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My friend Scotty voted for
5: us. <laughs> well, you can argue all you want about
3: th- th- them now. not being warranted, uh, in terms of big '90s I think bands,
2: he's a little crazy.
3: But they were huge, and they still are. Well, I looked it up yesterday. The bit, whatever the album was that "Ants Marching" was on, that right was the, the big one. Yep. Yeah, it, it sold uh, half the number of albums as Double Without a Cause" by One Kid Rock. Yeah, I mean Kid Rock. Well, at the height of his power, was much bigger than well, Dave the, Matthews' band. Even that, a lot of it, because you
2: had scores of 8, 9, or 10 for Test of Time and for how big they were, yeah. had to be personal-like, and you're a Dave guy. I liked I liked <laughs> that. I loved that album. I still do. Can you
5: name five songs from the Dave Matthews' no. band? What? What would you, you can't say name five songs if you put them in there the at number I was a top 40 two? guy, and I played those records, the hits I can remember. Are yeah. you
2: freaking kidding me right now? From that album? No. No, I, any five songs from Dave Matthews? No. Not
5: and you had them at number head. two? Yes.
2: What is this? And they also influenced
5: a whole bunch of people that so the, uh,
2: after that, that that were signed to record Your personal like for a band is up here, but I can't name five well, songs. Well, I can't. Oh, golly.
5: Wow. Okay, man. can you name four of the uh, five songs for our number
2: four artist? I didn't vote for number four. Neither did I. But I could. Okay. Do you want to, you want to play number four right now? I Might can. as well. Yeah, let's do number it. Number four.
1: I got friends in no. places where the whiskey
2: Thunder Rolls. The this dear. one. Um, uh, uh, was it two of kind of three? Something working on a full house. Yeah. And um, uh, the one about the, the abuse. Thun, I already mentioned it. There's another one, too. Uh, oh. oh, there's no fences. Papa Love Mama.
7: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Or Mama Love <laughs> yeah. The dance. Oh, the dance. Man, they played that at my mom's funeral. Sorry
3: to bring everybody down. Dang. Yeah.
1: Jeez. Oh, dude.
3: Yeah. I'm sure she would have loved Dave Matthews' band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he beat the Beatles record for number of whatever it was platinum albums or something yes like that. dude I mean, like, yeah he was huge okay
2: so there you go dave matthews garth brooks stone temple pilots pearl jam metallica the friday five this is the mark lee Vane camp and robin show biggest story of the day david
3: uh joe biden <laughs> nibbled on a <laughs> nibbled on a toddler today that was weird anyway that was weird yeah just Golly. keep seeing that video pop up on my twitter timeline Gosh, and dang. every time I just yeah. think What the hell is that Joe Why are you going nom 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 on a toddler What is wrong with you um, oh, I
2: just got a message too What's that Maybe this is the biggest story its uh, I guess it's something that Biden and Trump both agreed on What's that That Robbins messed up the Friday 5 list Come on man <laughs> <laughs> Scott <laughs> You got your trifecta You ready to go Yes, excellent. And a news update next. Not even planned. No. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We do have the Scott Robbins trifecta coming up in just a few. Um, also, a news update from David Van Camp. Before we get there, though, there's some people upset about the Friday Five. Of different, we did the biggest musical artists of the '90s, 90s. and. We try to get to everything, but a lot of times our honorable mentions—we don't have time to get to all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, different people say, "Where was this artist?" Right, Allison Chains. And- oh yeah, Allison Chains was there. Alanis set. Black Crows, Beastie Boys, Beck, Cake, Counting Crows. Yeah, from you, Robbins. Yeah. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, corn, Limp biscuit, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Offspring, Pantera, Radiohead, Rage Against the Machine, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Tool, Verve, Weezer, I think everything else we mentioned. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and again, it was Dave Matthews Band at five, Garth Brooks at four, Stone Temple Pilots at three, Pearl Jam at two, Metallica was number one. Um, People were pissed about
3: Nirvana. Not being in the five.
5: Yeah. They're like, where was Nirvana? Yeah. Well, right.
3: They're no Dave Matthews band. Yeah.
5: Yes. Except the
1: Dave Matthews band doesn't rock.
3: <laughs> was, where did you find that, David? <laughs> that, that was from Futurama.
5: <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, is that funny? know, <laughs> yeah, I'm on vacation next week. I'm going to miss you guys.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, come I on. Really Dave am. Matthews band at number five. Dude. Dude. Yeah.
2: It, it, you had him at number two. It's fine. I know a lot of the week you're going to go through the whole catalog. And it'll be a nice time of relaxation. We're going to miss you, Scott, next week. Yeah. Um, all right, Dave, what's the uh, news update? I'm just going to call you Dave because that's yeah. what Robbins calls no. Dave Matthews. It's, it's a, a Dave, Dave thing. thing. Yeah, you I wouldn't. don't do that. No, yeah. I don't.
3: Okay. Uh, so Tucker Carlson interviewing potential Republican presidential nominees in Iowa today. Uh, former Vice President and current Republican uh, presidential candidate uh, Mike Pence was on the stage. Now, I think in this clip, some people are taking it a little out of context, especially the people who really hate Mike Pence. Okay. But Tucker, I mean, it's it's take no prisoners with Tucker right now. I mean, I think he needs to do this like once a month until the primary's over. I think to yes. push people. Yeah, um, he holds people's feet to the fire. And so Mike Pence is on stage talking about how the Trump administration supplied a lot of weaponry to Ukraine to defend to prevent an invasion. And then Joe Biden came into office and then cut it all off. And now we're supposed to just give Ukraine a blank check now that all hell is broken loose in Ukraine. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so Mike Pence was making the argument, well, we really should have supplied them uh, ahead of time, continued to supply them ahead of time. Um, and anyway, uh, Tucker decides to intervene here i 'm sorry
7: Mr. Vice President have you i know you 're running for president are you are, distra- you. You are distressed notice. that the ukrainians don 't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years yeah. drive around there 's not one city that 's gotten better in the United States, and it 's visible. Our economy has degraded the suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my
2: concern.
3: So that's the part that I think some folks are taking out of context where he says that's not my concern. It's poorly worded for sure. Because it sounds like he's going to say something else. Yeah, well, he, he does say something else, but okay. that's where people are cutting it. That's not okay. my concern. Like the American people, not my, concern. No, not my concern. No, I think he's saying, no, my concern isn't just Ukraine.
0: Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I
2: think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right
0: to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution.
2: Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on Earth. We can do both.
0: And as President of the United States, we will secure our border. We will support our military. We will revive our economy and stand by our values. And we will also
2: lead the world for freedom.
3: It's a stock
2: answer. (sighs) Yeah. And I like Mike Pence. But that's so Republican stock. Okay, yeah. Again, (laughs) when I think about the southern border and I think about What our country's doing for other countries, including Ukraine, it's maddening of what's happening. And again, you've heard the same sort of stock answers for years and years and years, and we still have the same problems. You want someone that you believe is actually going to do something different.
5: Well, somebody who recognizes it's a problem. Yes. I mean, again, Mike Pence, if he was a color, he'd be beige. It's just a... Yeah, I like him. It's not that. It seems like a good guy.
2: You yes, know, and but I, he's got I, that
5: part down. It's
2: just so... Ugh. I know. I know.
5: Yeah, what a firebrand politician he is.
2: Yeah, You know something else, too? Citing the base. What? Um, Well...
1: Yes, except the Dave Matthews Band doesn't rock.
2: And that's something else that I think that we got to tackle yeah, in this <laughs> country. <laughs> just <me>. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was my way of moving to the trifecta, because yeah, yeah. I know you got your top three of the day, right? Yeah, let's go. Are right, you ready? Let's sure. do this. Are you ready?
1: One, One, two, three. At you. Oh. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta! Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta!
2: He wakes up in the morning. Every day about this time, Scott this Robbins trifecta.
9: <laughs> to eat on rolling,
2: His top three stories today. Oh, he's helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. Man, <laughs> can't put that together in record time. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, you got to admit, Scott, that's funny. Oh, it's hilarious.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Oozing with comedic talent. Yes.
2: Casey, is that funny? Yes. I thought so.
3: Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Three. <laughs> Number three, top ten stories media didn't mention this week. I'm never doing the five again, ever. I'm just abs- oh, don't be. I'm a just going to abstain. Stand by what you I'm like.
5: I'm just going to abstain. Uh, I wanted to get to this story, and it's it's a little longer than usual. But there's a uh, Twitter person named Tara Ball, and every week she puts this thing out, and I thought it was interesting this week. The top ten headlines the media didn't tell you about this week. Okay, and we've talked about some of these here. Ray Epps to be criminally charged and arrested for his actions on January 6th. Number nine, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. promises to prosecute Fauci if elected. Number eight, whistleblower accuses the Biden administration of being involved in an international child sex trafficking operation. Number seven, unsealed documents in the Trump indictment case reveal Mar-a-Lago boxes did not contain state secrets. Number six, new study finds Amish children rarely diagnosed with cancer, diabetes, or autism, despite not being vaccinated or medicated. Number five, BBC responsible for contributing to the death of two million people due to censoring the dangers of the mRNA COVID vaccines. That's a wild one. That's a wild one. Number four, Elon Musk launched a new company, XAI, and Twitter began revolutionary creator ad revenue sharing program. Number three, DNA, contaminant SV40 found in Pfizer's COVID vaccines proven to cause cancer, according to the National Library of Medicine. Didn't hear about that one. Number two, lawmakers introduced legislation to disarm the IRS. And number one, Biden ordering military reserves to Europe requests the removal of Ukraine aid oversight. Just a list of things nobody mentioned, nobody talked about except on this show.
2: Well, that's pretty good, man. This week. Yeah. You know, a lot of countdowns. You got a Friday five. Yeah. And you got her top ten within yeah. your top yeah. three. Yeah, those are all good ones. So. Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm ready. I right, know. Here we He's go. So, it's the Scott Robbins
3: trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Number two, you want to talk about Chinese donations and a Biden think tank?
5: Yeah. Uh, Paul Moore, who mm-hmm. served uh, as the agency's chief investigative counsel during the Trump administration, in congressional testimony on Thursday. University of Pennsylvania raked in, get this, $100 million from China-based contributors between 2017 and 22. This is according to the Washington Free Beacon. This was a substantial increase from the four years prior to 2017 when the school received $19 million. So a big jump there. So what's the deal? His testimony comes as UPenn and the Penn-Biden Center are now facing scrutiny over the surge in foreign donations, many of them anonymous. They conceded that the uh, think tank's opening and President Biden's election was probably behind some of the money being funneled from China to the Biden think tank at UPenn. Wow. Nobody does it better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This Scott Robbins mm-hmm. right back to Scott's top three of
3: the day. Up to number one. Number one, chess is racist. Uh,
5: but- well, and that and other games, Massachusetts Institute of Technology has recommended a summer reading list of recent works from their faculty. Uh, One of the books is Imperialism in Board Games, Neoliberalism, Queer Black Womanhood, and Climate Change, of course. Now, one of the suggested books was Playing Oppression, The Legacy of Conquest and Empire in Colonist Board Games, which analyzes board games' use of of imperialist reasoning. Now, according to his description, the book's authors, including a guy from MIT, Apply frameworks of post colonial theory to a broad historical survey of board games. For instance, snakes and ladders stem from trading games that praised French colonialism and sanitized its brutality while also relying on crudely racist imagery. That's what happens when you play chutes and ladders.
2: Okay. And chess is.
5: is racist? Hmm. Queens, kings, monarchies, it. imperialism, colonialism—sure.
2: Because without that, no one captures N- anyone no. else's land ever, ever, and
5: takes over. Okay. We have lost our freaking minds. Do you understand that, man? We, you, board shoots and ladders is now considered racist. Yeah. What is happening? Have you run out of targets? Is that the deal? Yes. You it just seems that well, you're trying you just, to come up with You new just things. run out of targets and you have to create something. Yeah, the, yes.
3: de- the demand for racism has outpaced the supply. That's a great way of putting it. I agree with that.
2: But if you make your living being a race hustler, what else are you going to do? But That's can't the you question.
5: apply that to just about anything? And by the way, the most humorless, lack of fun bunch of people ever.
2: Yes, I would agree with that.
5: Yes. It's really been an honor for me. Have a good weekend, Casey. Yeah.
2: All right. Scott Robbins, trifecta. Appreciate it. We still got to get to a news update. And I saw this story about a Kansas City super fan. Do you know how he was funding his hobby? (laughs) We'll get to that in Nimrods of the News coming up. Let's do it. The monthly bank camp and robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update David Van Camp.
3: Well, I think I'm seeing more and more of uh, people reacting to uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, interviews with uh, various Republican presidential candidates. Mike Pence was uh, one of the big names out there. Nikki Haley, I think, is next. And then I guess Ron DeSantis will be coming up. Uh, Tim Scott also was. Uh, was interviewed by tucker carlson and i think tucker's doing a good job of pushing people uh, Mm -hmm. to really state their positions and challenging the premises and one of the clips that is going viral right now is mike pence talking about uh, or being challenged on support for arming ukraine against russia and at one point uh tucker interrupts and goes on and says Well, you know, we've got a lot of problems here, essentially. You know, we've got suicide rate out of control. We've got uh, roads and bridges crumbling. We've got filth and crime in every major American city that is running rampant right now. Uh, And you're more worried about sending tanks to Ukraine, essentially. Mm -hmm. Fair enough question. What isn't fair, though, is that people are editing it down to where uh, Mike Pence says, quote, that's not my concern. What he's addressing what he's addressing there is it's not that i care about ukraine more than america that's what mike pence's point was now the rest of the answer is kind of stock old school republican uh right. you know not, not really saying anything concrete so you criticize him all you want for that but he didn't say that no i don't care about america or i care about ukraine more than america that's just not what happened so if you cut the clip you're actually being dishonest to people. of course you are yeah that's lying you're, yeah yeah. All the all the uh all the social media influencers uh in some conservative media circles uh who are sharing that and making that claim, you're lying. Those yeah. people are lying. Again, I don't think any of us like the rest of the answer either. No.
2: But you don't have to lie about people. Totally agree. Well said. All right. Ready for Nimrod's? Got a couple of great ones. Roll it out. Let's do it. When the going gets tough. Damn
1: it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show.
6: I love the poorly educated.
2: All right. Nimrod's the news. We start in Kansas City. I see the headline A Kansas City super fan. Super fan. Funding his hobby by robbing banks. Wow. I'm like, the Royals? No. it would be the Chiefs. Oh. They're successful. They are. Um, If you've ever seen the Chiefs superfan who wears a wolf costume under his Chiefs garb, and he's at almost every home and away game, his name is Javier Boubedar. And it turns out he was funding his hobby by robbing banks. He's accused of robbing seven banks between April and December 2022. In Nebraska, Iowa, Tennessee, and Oklahoma also attempted to rob two credit unions in Minnesota. jeez ended up with a haul of eight hundred and forty five thousand dollars, which he laundered through casinos. now he's facing up to ten years in prison. Who mm. oh, buddy <laughs> And then we go to Florida twenty four year old guy Michael Brennan got arrested after he had used stolen credit cards. And the information to book a 17-night stay at a vacation home near Clearwater, Florida. Wow. But that was nice. It sure was. So they're booking him into jail. They said, you got any drugs or contraband on you? Nope. "Nope." And then they strip-searched him. And they found a twenty-two caliber bullet, okay? And this is from the police report, positioned underneath the suspect's testicles.
5: Hmm. Pretty small you mean like, cartridge, like a bullet. At un, un, I mean, a, one that he shot him,
2: or it hadn't been fired oh, yet. Oh, I was just going to say hmm. he's still in jail as we speak, wow, and that's never got the news.